Heavenly Father, we ask that you would send the Holy Spirit to us now and help our souls to be consumed with a longing for your law at all times. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Well, this morning we continue our series in the book of Philippians and uh, the Apostle Paul has been encouraging uh, the church to be united. Uh, we've seen this again and again that this book is really one about encouraging God's people to unite with one another. And it started back at the end of uh, pretty much uh, chapter 1 uh, where he encouraged them to stand as one man uh, contending for the faith of the gospel and then he's given a number of ways that they should unite with each other. And even here in verse 17 which is where we're up to this morning, Philippians chapter 3 verse 17, we see here that he continues to encourage uh, the church in Philippi uh, to follow someone, to be united in following someone. We see that in verse 17. He says, join with others in following my example, brothers, and take note of those who live according to the pattern we gave you. Who are the people in Philippi, the church in Philippi, the Christians there? Who are they to follow? Well, it's the Apostle Paul, verse 17, join with others in following my example. Uh, the word there, the Greek word behind uh, the translation of following, it's actually the word where we get our English word for mimic, uh, the idea of mimicking someone. And that's what the Apostle Paul wants the church in Philippi to do. He wants them to mimic him. And the Apostle Paul encouraged many people uh, to mimic him, to follow in his example. Uh, to his letter, in his letter to the church in Corinth, in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, he says, Even though you have 10,000 guardians in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus I became your father through the gospel. Therefore I urge you to imitate me. He encouraged the church in Corinth also, just like he does with the church in Philippi. Imitate me. I'm a father figure to you, and you should be looking up to me as to what you should do. You should mimic me. But of course, the Apostle Paul is very far from the church in Philippi. He's not amongst them. That's why he's writing this letter to them. He's actually in prison. We saw that when we started uh, studying this letter together, that he's in prison uh, because of his stance for the gospel. And so he is not amongst the people anymore. And it's very hard to follow someone's example when they're no longer amongst uh, you, when they're no longer among you. And so how are the people in Philippi to, uh, to uh, live according to Paul's way when they don't see much of him anymore? Well, of course, they can study his, his letters that may be given to them, and particularly this letter. But how are they to follow in his example, particularly if they're people who have joined the church and they never actually met the Apostle Paul? He's been long gone. They've joined the church, but now he's telling them to follow his example. How are they to do so? Well, the second part of the verse tells us how they to do so. Verse 17 says, Join with others in following my example, brothers, and take note of those who live according to the pattern we gave you. There are people amongst you who are living according to the pattern that I gave, living according to my example. And so you're meant to look at those. Now, who are those people that would be among them that they can take note of, that they can watch out for and observe, as instructed there in verse 17? Well, of course, it's people that are at a local church. Local church is made up of people who are following the example of the Apostle Paul, that are living holy lives. That's what they are. They're saints. They're sanctified ones. They're living according to God's ways, not their own. And so they are then people that you can see are living according to the pattern that the Apostle Paul gave. And then within the church, who are you particularly to take note of within a local church? Well, the Apostle Paul would say as the church elders, 
The church elders are the ones who are meant to be examples. They're meant to be the ones who are living according to the pattern that was given to them by the Apostle Paul. And we see this in the New Testament again and again, that elders, the the leaders of the church, the ones who have the responsibility of teaching, are not supposed to just teach, but they're also meant to be examples to the flock of how you are to live as a Christian. Uh, You look at uh, a book like Hebrews chapter 13, verse 7, it says, Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate, that same word, mimic their faith. Imitate leaders in the church, we're told to do in Hebrews 13. And Peter, in his uh, epistle, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 2, uh, he says, Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care. He's saying to the elders to be pastors. That's what the word pastor means. It means to be a shepherd. Uh, be shepherds of the flock that is under your care, serving as overseers, and being examples to the flock. That's what elders are supposed to be. They're meant to be examples to the flock. And then in Paul, in his letter to Timothy, in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12, he tells Timothy, who is an elder in a church, who is a, a pastor himself, he gives him advice. And what does he say? He says, set an example for the believers in speech, in life, in love, in faith, and in purity. Timothy's meant to be an example to the flock in not just his speech, but in his life, in his love, in his faith, and in his purity. So when the Apostle Paul says in verse 17, back in Philippians chapter 3, he says, and take note of those who live according to the pattern we gave you, of course he would mean including the elders of the church. Look at how they are living. Look at how they speak, but look at also their lives. And then imitate them, even as they imitate me, the Apostle Paul. Now, are we to do the same thing? Does this verse tell us what to do. Are these commands that are given of join with others in following my example, brothers, and take note of those who live according to the pattern we gave you, are they commands for us today? The answer, of course, is yes. We are still supposed to follow the Apostle Paul. We're still to look for people who are following the Apostle Paul and take note of their example. But how are we to do that? How are we to follow the Apostle Paul? We're far more removed from the Apostle Paul today. We're in another part of the world altogether. And it's been almost 2,000 years since the Apostle Paul was around. How are we meant to follow his example? How are we meant to join with others in following his example when we're far more removed than the church in Philippi was? Well, of course, we can follow Paul's example by reading about him. We have in this book before us the teachings of the Apostle Paul. And we can follow his example by holding to those teachings as well, that we, what he taught becomes and what he believed becomes what we believe as well and then we can even see his life he doesn't just have uh, a doctrine doctrine throughout all his uh, writings and telling us what to believe he tells us how to live where do we see how he lives it's in the book of acts is one of the best ways that we can see that you see the apostle paul traveling around you see his actions you see what he does and you can then say i'm going to do that too I'm going to follow the Apostle Paul's example there in the book of Acts. But it's not just in the book of Acts. In his letters, you can also see the way he lived as well. He speaks about his life, the way he acted while he was in this world, and particularly around the churches that he visited. Uh, Look with me at 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. Turn with me uh, a few pages forward. It's found on page 1169. For people who think that uh, Paul's writings are all just doctrine, all just teaching, Look with me at 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, page 1169, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, and I'll read from verse 5. He's writing to the church in Thessalonica, 
and he says in verse 5, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 5, You know we never used flattery, speaking about his own life, nor did we put on a mask to cover up greed. God is our witness. We were not looking for praise from men, not from you or anyone else. As apostles of Christ, we could have been a burden to you, but we were gentle among you, like a mother caring for her little children. We loved you so much that we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well, because you'd become so dear to us. Surely you remember, brothers, our toil and hardship. We worked night and day in order not to be a burden to anyone while we preached the gospel of God to you. You are witnesses, and so is God, of how holy, righteous, and blameless we were among you who believed. For you know that we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children, encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live lives worthy of God, who calls you into his kingdom and glory. As you read Paul's epistles, you don't just read what he believed, you read how he lived. And therefore, you can follow his example, even though it's 2,000 years and you're in another part of the world altogether. You can see how he lived and follow his example. But then we have other examples that we can follow as well, don't we? Just as the church in Philippi would have struggled to follow Paul's example as he's removed from them, we also can follow the instruction in Philippians chapter 3, verse 17, to take note of those around us who live according to the pattern that Paul gave as well. Verse 17 says, join with others... Philippians chapter 3, join, uh, verse 17. Join with others in following my example, brothers, and take note of those who live according to the pattern we gave you. There are people still around us who live according to the pattern of the Apostle Paul, and we can take note of them. Now, where do we find them? Once again, it's in the local church. God has preserved people for us to take note of who are living according to God's ways, according to the Apostle Paul's ways, living according to the pattern that he gave. We can find them at a local church. They're still made up of people who have the same Holy Spirit in them, who are then walking according to Paul's ways. And of course, in a local church today, you still have elders, you still have leaders who are examples to the flock, who are meant to be exemplary in their behaviour. And you can then look at them and imitate them in their way of life. But the question then is, why? Why should we join with others in following the example of the Apostle Paul? Why should we be taking note of those who live according to the pattern that the Apostle Paul gave? Why should we be doing that? Because Paul and the others who follow Paul are following someone else. Who are they following? Well, they're following the Lord Jesus Christ. They're following Jesus. Paul was like a father to other Christians. He says that in a number of his letters. He talks about being a father to his people. He's like that father in Proverbs that we read before, that Ash read for us in Proverbs chapter 4, about a father who's advising his son. We read in chapter 4, verse 10, Listen, my son, accept what I say, and the years of your life will be many. I guide you in, a way, in the way of wisdom and lead you along straight paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hampered. When you run, you will not stumble. It's a father talking to his son and saying, Look, I'm going to give you advice. I'm going to give you counsel. This is how you are to live. And that's what the Apostle Paul does. But the Apostle Paul knows that he is a weak guide, that he has his own imperfections as well. He knows he's not the ultimate leader. He even said that back in verse 12 of chapter 3. We looked at that last week. He says in verse 12, not that I've already obtained all this or have already been made perfect. He knows he's not perfect. He's still looking forward to that time when he will be made perfect in heaven. But he's not perfect now. He knows he's not the ultimate leader. And so who was the ultimate leader? Who is the one that the Apostle Paul is following? 
And then we are to follow Paul as he follows that one. Well, it's the Lord Jesus. He is the one who, is we, who we are to follow. And the Apostle Paul holds up the Lord Jesus as an example to follow. We see this back in that classic passage in chapter 2, where he says, our attitude in verse 5, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. And then he gives that wonderful hymn about the Lord Jesus Christ, how we're to emulate the Lord Jesus in his attitude of humility. He knows that he is not the ultimate guide. Someone far greater is the Lord Jesus who is the ultimate guide. And he says that in 1 Corinthians 11, where he talks about mimicking himself, just as he instructed the uh, church in Philippi to imitate him. What does he say? 1 Corinthians 11, verse 1, he says, follow my example. Okay, that's what we've got in Philippians chapter 3, verse 17. But what does he also add in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 1? He says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Now, why follow Christ? Why follow Paul as he follows Christ? Why follow people as they follow Paul as they follow Christ? Why should we do this? Because Jesus is the perfect guide. He is the perfect guide. He is the one who we follow as we walk through this world to heaven. That is where we're headed. And that's what the Apostle Paul speaks about later in these verses before us. Philippians chapter 3, verse 20, he says, But our citizenship is in heaven. Our citizenship is in heaven, not this world. And we eagerly await a saviour from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. This world is not our home. Our home is another place. And we are on a journey to that place. That is what our lives are like. We're on a journey to heaven. And this word that is translated in your Bibles before you, verse 17, uh, the Greek word behind the word live there, live according to the pattern we gave you, is a word that's used for walk. It's just a common word for walking. And we understand that the way the Greeks used that word, they would use it for a way of life, for the way that you live. And that's what this world is for us. It's a journey. We're walking through this world on our way to heaven. But what's the problem? Well, there's lots of dangers in this world. There's lots of dangers on our journey to heaven. There are dangerous mountains, treacherous mountains with cliffs. There are fast-flowing rivers. There are thick forests. There are four-legged creatures that are dangerous. And there are two-legged creatures that are dangerous. And I'm not talking about birds. There are very many dangers in this world who will harm us on our journey, who will, who will mislead us off the path to heaven if we are not careful. And so what do we need? We need guides. We need guides to help us to make it safely through this world to heaven with as little loss as possible. What does a guide do? A guide shows us where to go. He shows us where to go. He says, put your foot here. Jump to this rock as we cross the river. You'll be safe here. Walk on this bridge. It is a sturdy bridge. It will carry your weight Walk quietly past this lion's den. Don't go over there. We're going to go around here and avoid that lion. That's what a good guide does. And that is what God has given us. He's given us a guide. Who is the guide? It's the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the guide. Why is he the great guide? Because he has already successfully walked through this world. He's gone on the dangerous journey and he has gotten home. He has made it home. He has made it to heaven. And the Lord has not just given us Jesus, he's given us others who are following the Lord Jesus as a group. So we can read about the Apostle Paul who followed Christ. 
and we can walk with others at a local church, and some of those people at the local church are sturdier in the faith and greater examples than others, and of course they then end up in teaching positions and and, uh, leadership positions where they are held up as an example for us to follow as guides on this dangerous journey. But you may say, well, why do I need to unite with others? If God's given us the guide, the Lord Jesus Christ, isn't he enough? Doesn't the Spirit reveal him to me and so I can just follow him? I don't need the local church. I don't need elders to tell me what to do, to confront me with my sin. The Lord Jesus is sufficient. Yes, we hear the Lord Jesus speak as we read the Bible and we observe his life. The Holy Spirit reveals him to us. Clearly, at some times, we we really understand what the Lord wants us to do, where we're to put our foot in this dangerous journey, who we are to avoid, what sins we are to avoid. It's very clear at times, but it's not always. Not always clear what the Lord wants us to do. And what does he give us then? He gives us other people who can see the Lord Jesus more clearly, and we can see them, so we follow them as they follow the Lord Jesus. And that's what the Apostle Paul is. He sees the Lord Jesus more clearly than we do. And so we follow him as he follows Christ. And then at a local church, you have brothers and sisters around you who may have a better sight of the Lord Jesus Christ for a particular issue. You may have a better sight about something else and they should follow you. But on something else, they actually have a better understanding because the Holy Spirit has revealed it to them in a way that he hasn't revealed it to you. And so you have that brother or sister that you can follow then. Or an elder of a church, a pastor of a church, he's there to help you understand something that you just don't get yet. And so God has given us these guides around us. And they then become a great safety net for us. That's why we unite with others, isn't it? Because we want the safety that comes in a group. If we wander by ourselves, it's with great danger. But if we're in a group, there's great safety. And we'll make it to heaven with minimal loss. We'll be able to avoid the cliffs and cross the rivers and cut through the jungles and beat the wild animals that may come at us including some of the two-legged variety as well. We can beat them because we're part of a group. There's a safety in numbers. And how else is there a benefit from having a group? Well, we avoid the anxiety and worry that comes of walking by yourself. And we have more joy and we have more peace as we travel the road together. I was very thankful when I was visiting the land of Israel that I was part of a tour group that when I crossed the border a couple years ago and got to the other side, got to the car park, that I didn't think, well, where am I going to go now? No, there was a bus and there was a tour guide that was there at the bus to welcome us and I had the rest of the group with me. And so we could all get on the bus together and know that restaurants were booked for meals, that hotels were booked for accommodation, that everything was going to go according to a plan because we were going as a group and that we had these guides who would lead us. And so we were able to travel around Israel, to go through ruins and forests up in the northern part where it's quite lush and green and quite muddy and wet. We were able to follow one another. Now, we didn't always see the guide. He would be further ahead. I couldn't see him, but I could see other people who were following the guide. And so I knew we were going okay, even as we were taking different paths through the jungles as we're trying to get to this ruin up in the, in the northern part of Israel. There was great safety in being part of a group. 
and having the numbers with us. Now, of course, there's times where you get annoyed with being part of a group, isn't it? There's people who seem to want to do their own thing at times and wander in a bit of a different direction and like, why are you going over there? And we all need to get back on the bus and someone's still at the gift shop, you know, and some people think, oh, well, it'd be better to come on my own. And some people do that. But of course, there's more stress and worry, I would feel, about organising everything. Whereas as a group together, it's far more peaceful and cost-effective too in travelling as a group. And that is what the Apostle Paul wants us to do. That's what this whole letter is about, is uniting with other Christians so that we experience more joy and more safety as we travel to that home which we long for, where our citizenship truly is. We will joyfully walk to Zion rather than walk with fear and worry and anxiety. That's why I like the book Christiana's Progress more so than Pilgrim's Progress. I sometimes feel I like that, the second part of Pilgrim's Progress better. I like the group that travels with brave heart, a great heart, the, the pastor who looks after the little group, whereas Christian, he travels on his own at times. Yes, of course, the Lord gives him companions, takes companions away from him as well. But it's a wonderful book that has become a, a real classic in the English language, uh, and because it speaks so powerfully about the way that we live in this world. So I encourage you, we've got a number of copies, I'll have them available at the church uh, porch there afterwards on the church library. If you've never read Pilgrim's Progress, in, uh, read it and enjoy it. And, and don't just read the first half. Read about Christiana's progress, not just Christian's progress, and about how they travel as a group and have the safety in numbers. There's greater safety in travelling with God's people, with uniting with God's people. And if we don't travel with God's people, what will happen then? What happens if you reject the Apostle Paul? You'd say, I'm not going to keep this instruction. I'm not going to join with others in following Paul's example. I'm not going to take note of those who live according to the pattern Paul gave. Well, you'll find it far more difficult to follow Christ. And you may lose sight of him altogether. And what will happen then? You'll fall off a cliff and you'll die in your sins and be punished for all of eternity. So are you doing what the Apostle Paul commanded? It is a command from the Apostle Paul. It's what we call an imperative. It's in the imperative mood in the, in the Greek there. Join with others in following my example, brothers, and take note. They're both commands there. Take note of those who live according to the pattern we gave you. Are you doing this? Do you read about the Apostle Paul? Do you read his teaching and his life and try to mimic Paul? When was the last time you read the book of Acts? And got past chapter 10 and got to the Apostle Paul's missionary journeys? When was the last time you read one of Paul's letters? Besides here at church on Sunday when we've been reading through Philippians. Some people, they say, oh... I like the red letters in the Bible. I like reading the words of Jesus. The Apostle Paul, he's that chauvinist. You know, I don't, I don't read him so much. No, we're commanded to follow him as he follows Christ. When you follow Paul, you're following Christ. When was the last time you read one of Paul's letters? Do you live as Paul did? Do you read Paul, but then live as Paul did? Do you follow his example? Do you mimic him? Do you trust Jesus as Paul trusted Jesus? Do you live according to the way that the Apostle Paul lived? If you want to know how the Apostle Paul lived, of course, read his letters, read his 
Uh, read about him in the book of Acts, but if you want to have it explained a bit more, then there's an excellent sermon by Jonathan Edwards. He was a, a great pastor in North America back in the 1700s, and he's got a whole sermon on uh, Philippians chapter 3, verse 17, where he goes through so many things about the Apostle Paul and how we should imitate those things. It's very lengthy, uh, but you can find it on the internet. It's out of copyright and by a few hundred years now, uh, so you can easily read it. And so if you want to know how to imitate the Apostle Paul, what you should be emulating, then I encourage you to look up that sermon. But do you also, not just imitate the Apostle Paul, but do you take note and watch out for those who are following Paul? It's the second command there in verse 17. Take note of those who live according to the pattern we gave you. Do you follow Jesus? Do you follow the Apostle Paul? But then do you also follow those who are living according to the pattern that the Apostle Paul gave? How? Well, have you sought out a band of followers at a local church? Have you sought out a band of followers at a good local church? Have you watched a group of followers, whether they are following Paul as he follows Christ in worship of God? Are they doing what the Apostle Paul did? Do the members and elders worship in the Spirit as the Apostle Paul and Christ worshipped? Do they pray? Do they sing? Do they read and teach the Bible? Do they baptise believers? Do they celebrate the Lord's Supper? That's what the Apostle Paul did as he followed Christ. That's what Christ did. Have you found a local church that does these things and taken note of them, observed them as they lived according to the Apostle Paul's pattern that he gave? And have you also watched their lives, not just when they worship on a Sunday morning, have you also watched their lives, whether the members live by the Spirit outside of corporate worship? Or do you come to a worship service and then vanish immediately afterwards? Do you know how the people worship you don't really know how they live outside. Maybe you got annoyed with some of them once, and so you just come for the service and then you leave afterwards. You prefer travelling on your own, really. Do not interact with people at a local church and see how they love their neighbour as themselves and then imitate that pattern. And not only have you taken note of a local church, found a church where people are living according to the pattern that the Apostle Paul gave, but have you joined with the church in walking to heaven? That's what it says there, verse 17. Join with others in following my example. Have you joined with them? Would you call your interaction at the local church that you've observed and taken note of, would you call it a joining? Or are you more of a ring-in, like someone who is on a tour? Well, no, they're not on a tour. They're independent. But there's a tour group, and there's a guide there. And he's making all these sorts of comments about the ruins there. Or maybe you're at an art gallery and you're getting... I'm going to go myself. I'm not going to pay for a tour guide. But he's making all these comments about the painting and giving all these insights into the artist. And so you sort of stand there close to the group and, and listen in as to what the guide's saying. Get some benefits from that guide, but you're really not part of the group. You're just taking from the group but not actually giving to the group. You haven't joined in. Is that you? Do you really think you're going to benefit long term by simply being on the edge and not really joining the group? Is that behaviour going to get you safety when everybody else piles back on the bus if there's a danger? Some places that you travel, they can be quite dangerous never experienced what I experienced in Israel where suddenly they can shut gates and all these police and soldiers are 
appear out of nowhere. They can be quite dangerous, and it's like, where's the bus? Get back on the bus. Now, if you're not part of the group, is there going to be room on the bus for you? They don't know whether you're an enemy or a friend. If you've just been sidling up to a church, coming in, disappearing, when something goes wrong in your life, will there be safety in the church for you when people don't really know you? Will there be room on the bus for you? We have to prioritise our resources. We've all got limited resources. And so we, we prioritise them for the family of God. Yes, of course, we welcome people outside the family of God as well, the family that has committed themselves here. Of course we want to help as many people as we can. We've only got so many resources to go around. I've only got so much time in my day that I can pray, and so I prioritise praying for the members of the church. Yes, of course, I pray for people outside the church, but I prioritise people in the church. And same with visits. I prioritise the members of the church. I've only got so much time, and so do the people of the church. They've only got so much time that they can dedicate to people. And so I encourage them to prioritise to those who really have joined the church, who are, who are really committed here, and who we know are friends, not foes and will cause great damage if we give them too much of our time. So are you someone who has joined with others in following the example of the Apostle Paul? And if you have joined, if you have joined in others in following the Apostle Paul and with others as they follow after Christ, are you making sure regularly that they are following Christ? It's one thing to follow others. Another thing to follow Christ, but as I said, we don't always see him clearly. But we should see him from time to time, hopefully more regularly, as he reveals himself by the Holy Spirit to us. But we should be seeing the Lord Jesus Christ. Local churches can be filled with people who have gone astray and are no longer following Christ. The Apostle Paul told the church in Corinth, imitate me, as follow me as I follow Christ. And that should always be the case with every local church. We have no guarantee at this church, at Dremoyne Baptist Church, that we will always follow Christ. No guarantee. He's not made that promise. We need to make sure that the people around us are still following Christ. We need to keep an eye on Christ. Sometimes we can't see as clearly as we like. And that's where we rely upon the Apostle Paul and we rely upon others around us, but we should always be looking to Christ. Church history is littered with churches and whole denominations that started off well and then lost their way and they're no longer following Christ. It's one thing to follow a group of people. Another thing to follow the Apostle Paul. We've got to remember the Apostle Paul was following Christ. And so we're not disciples of Paul. We're disciples of Christ as Paul was a disciple of Christ. And we benefit from others around us, and we benefit from Paul. But Christ is our all. And so we at this church, are we always making sure that Christ is our guide? He is the one who has made it safely to heaven and shown us the way. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And so are we following him? Are we always praying for his guidance ultimately? We're praying hymns like the one that we're about to sing. Guide me, O thou great Jehovah. Look with me now. It's a third hymn that we've got and it's printed there on your sheets. Is this a prayer that you pray? Is this something you desire? 
Yes, we want to follow the Apostle Paul as he instructed. Yes, we want to follow others who follow the Apostle Paul. But is this what we really want at our church? Verse 1, guide me, O thou great Jehovah, pilgrim through this barren land. I am weak, but thou art mighty. Hold me with thy powerful hand. Bread of heaven, bread of heaven, feed me now and evermore. Feed me now and evermore. Open now the crystal fountain, whence the healing stream doth flow. Let the fiery, cloudy pillar lead me all my journey through. That's a reference to the Israelites in the Old Testament. Uh, they had this pillar of fire at night and a cloud by day to which to guide them. And continue, strong deliverer, strong deliverer, be thou still my strength and shield. Be thou still my strength and shield. In verse 3, when I tread the verge of Jordan, which is a reference to death usually, Bid my anxious fears subside. Death of death and hell's destruction. Land me safe on Canaan's side, which is a reference to heaven. Songs of praises, songs of praises. I will ever give to thee. I will ever give to thee. Is this your prayer? Guide me, O thou great Jehovah, pilgrim through this barren land. We want guidance from others around us. We want guidance from the Apostle Paul. But ultimately, we want guidance from our great Jehovah. Is that your prayer? Is that what you're desiring? And as you look at this church, are you making sure that we are all desiring that? Let's come to him in prayer. Let's speak with our God. Heavenly Father, we praise you for your love in giving us Jesus as our perfect guide to heaven. We thank you also for giving us the Apostle Paul and for giving us brothers and sisters even here today, that we can follow as they follow Christ. Oh Lord, we ask that you would forgive us for our proud independence and for not joining with others as we should. Oh Lord, we so often think that we know best and that no one else can tell us what is better. So Lord, we ask that you would help us to be humble and to love walking as a group after Christ. So we walk safely and joyfully to our heavenly home. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen.